Hey there, I'm Pat, and uh, my friend here, Ben, would hey. like to welcome you to Podventure Time. That's right, the show where one friend tries to get another friend to like a TV show by making him painstakingly recount every single episode he has to watch. Yes, uh, that is my uh, my way of making you a fan, is to not just suggest that you watch it, but demand that you watch it and then discuss it with me after you're done. So, And the show we're talking recap, about is, is Adventure Time uh, on Comedy Central. Uh, well, Cartoon, sorry, Network. Cartoon Network. Yep. Apologies to everyone at Cartoon Network. Adventure Time with Finn and Jake from Cartoon Network. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Ben is uh, coming along. We'll see how yeah. uh, we'll see where he is at the end of this episode. Um, and so this is episode six of Podventure Time, wherein we will discuss season one, episode nine, and season one, episode ten. So let's jump right into episode nine, which is called "My Two Favorite People." And uh, in this episode, we are introduced to a new character. Her name is Lady Rainicorn, and Ben, why don't you tell you why don't you tell us how we uh, come about seeing Lady Rainicorn? Yeah. Uh, so, without diving too much into every detail of the plot, which I think we'll get to soon, uh, essentially this episode is uh, what I would call it. I'd call it a Jake-centric episode, which is maybe the first one that we've seen in that vein. But it is essentially uh, Jake is trying to manage. Manage the time he wants to spend between his best friend Jake, his best friend Finn, excuse me, and his his girlfriend, Lady Rainicorn, who is a half rainbow, half unicorn, magical creature. And uh, Jake finds himself throughout the episode trying to figure out how he can spend as much time as he wants to with both of those people. And uh, he figures out that a, a you know. In the style of George Costanza, a uh, divided Jake cannot stand, and he uh, he tries to bring bring his two favorite people together, uh, but that results in some consequences that he did not intend. Yeah, and uh, I liked your word Jake centric. I think that this episode is a departure from what we've seen before, insofar as it is actually Jake who is learning a lesson uh, in this episode. He is the the protagonist, he's the one um, that the plot revolves around. Yeah, uh, I actually, I thought I liked, I liked that twist. I, it was, it was interesting. It was, I thought it was fun to have a Jake-centric episode after uh, watching Finn uh, fail, fail to learn lessons or learn lessons very slowly in the last few episodes. Jake, uh, Jake felt like a nice departure. Yeah, I agree. It is called. Adventure Time with Finn and Jake, and um, you know we've spent a lot of time watching Finn learn lessons, but uh, it's definitely something that, <laughs> as we learn, it's something that Jake needs help with as well. So yeah. um, there's there's growth to be had for both of these characters. I mean, they are basically two bros who live in a treehouse, so I would imagine that each of them has some growing up to do. Yeah, yeah, uh, nothing, nothing in. Uh... Nothing inf- infantile about that set, set up at all. Right. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought this this was a great. I thought this was a great episode, namely for one reason and one reason only, and that was for the universal voice translator. Yes, uh, that is a uh, that's a great gag. Yeah, the and for those those who haven't seen the episode, if maybe you're following along just like I am uh, and watching these. Watching these along with with me and watch and with with us, um, re- I'll remind you that uh, the universal voice translator um, is something that has to be employed because Jake's girlfriend, Lady Rainicorn, while beautiful and magical, uh, speaks of perhaps I don't know, perhaps real Japanese, perhaps gibberish Japanese. It, it I'm is. Not sure. uh, it's actually Korean. Oh, excuse me. Yep, that was probably. Uh, presumptuous of me to just assume what i knew but uh okay so it's and it's actual korean like translatable or is it yes as far as i know you know in my you know 
digging into Adventure Time too far, and this was a while ago. Uh, I did uh, find, I think at some point, translations of what Rainy Cor- Lady Rainicorn says, and it is translated from Korean. So as far as I can tell, she is actually speaking Korean. Oh, all right. Well, if you have any of that real translation, I'd love to know what she's been saying. But even without the real translation, uh, the, show, the show provides for us non-Korean speakers anyway, um, where uh, there is a universal voice translator that uh, Jake had and had thrown away and they must retrieve. That's, that's sort of the adventure part of this show this episode right Um, and and that's worth noting i think actually is that where adventures in the previous episodes have sort of been the mechanism by which finn learns his lesson uh the adventures tend to drive the plot here there's just sort of this little quick jump into the lake to fight some evil lake knights but the there's there's no real uh adventure arc that is actually having anything to do with with the plot or teaching us anything about the characters yeah this was a pure this is a very strong a very strong character development episode you're right the the adventure did not drive the plot in this in this case it was a it was merely a point in the plot um and so anyway yeah so the uh, i'm really excited to talk about the universal voice translator because i thought it was hilarious i keep interrupting Uh, you go 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 yeah, so the universal voice translator is, is, is essentially what it sounds like. It can translate between any voice to, from any voice to any other language, I suppose. But in this case, it's going to translate to English so that Finn and, uh, and the audience can understand. Because Jake, by his nature, can understand. He apparently speaks Korean. Yeah, or... it's completely unexplained, but Jake does appear to be able to speak Korean. Or he understands it, he can, and then and Lady Rainicorn understands English because Jake only speaks English back to Lady Rainicorn, as far as I remember. That's true. I guess we don't need subtitles that way, so it's better. Right. Uh, so uh, now I'm stopping myself, but uh, we have to go find the Universal Voice Translator, which Jake had thrown into a lake, uh, which is guarded by Lake. What do we call them? Lake Evil elves. Lake Knights. Evil Lake Knights, and. Uh, so there's a there's a successful retrieval. It's a little it's a slight battle. Uh, Lady Rainicorn actually helps a lot in that battle, and uh, and we get the Universal Voice Translator out and strap it onto Lady Rainicorn. Uh, but there turns out that there's a catch. Um, the Lady Rain the, the 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 translator only has three modes in terms of translation in terms of like what voice will be uh, will be output. Kind of like the old voice modulators of my youth that you could have like robot voice or alien voice or like really low voice this is kind of the same except the only options are nightmare voice uh one other and old man and uh i can't what is the other one that's the the other one is is uh it's not quite as memorable as the other two but it i think it's nerdy alien yeah nerdy alien uh, which is also gibberish in this case because we none of us speak nerdy alien. Right, and the nightmare one is also gibberish. It's sort of this horrible yeah. combination of rumbling and squeaking. <laughs> right, it's, it's also useless. Um, so the only real one of use is old man. But and the so the uh, the net of this is that now Lady Rainicorn, who previously had a very sweet sounding uh, voice, even if she was not under she couldn't be understood by Finn. Uh, now has the voice of an elderly man speaking English, and it is just fantastic. I thought that that was it. I was laughing so hard at this. Yeah, and I I think it's it's not just like an elderly man. It's sort of this like, I don't know. It has this sort of like nerdy, eager type vibe to it. Um, uh, yeah, I I kind of just got it as like a frail kind of like oh my yeah yeah like just couldn't. Just barely able to sustain enough energy to make the sound, uh, and it it weirds Jake out because he really doesn't like his girlfriend to now have this uh, really old voice because the really old voice says says really sweet things to him and they just sound wrong to Jake. Yeah, absolutely. So the the reason we should we should say that uh, Lady Rainicorn needs to wear so the. The universal voice translator is also just this sort of huge box that they strapped to her neck. It looks like maybe a uh, 
like a battery from an invisible fence that you might put on your dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like a speaker that you would see it as like an old intercom system at like an elementary school. Right. So it's strapped yeah. to her neck. But the reason that they do that, that they have to go get the thing is because yeah. Jake has decided um, and I'll I'll see if you remember at whose behest Jake has decided to uh, hang out with Finn and Lady Rainicorn at the same time, because the opening dilemma of this episode is that every day at four o'clock, Jake meets Lady Rainicorn, but he finds out that every day at four o'clock, Jake has a, or Finn has a really sweet fight with a shark um, and some sort of magic science cat. Uh, yes. And so Jake is really upset that he, he kind of has FOMO, I guess. Uh, he's upset that he can't both fight with Finn and go spend time with his girlfriend. Yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a dilemma. It's a it's a classic dilemma of you know, do I hang with my bro or do I hang with my lady? Yeah, and, I think it's one that definitely yeah. uh, pretty much every adult who watches that episode has has encountered at some point. Yep, yep. Uh, and so you know, Jake is. Uh, Jake's doing his some growing of his own. He's got a girlfriend now, but it's he's realizing that now he can't uh, he can't spend every moment with Finn, and and he also can't spend every moment with his girlfriend, and it just uh, it's bumming him out. So he decides he he needs to fix the problem, and his solution is, well, what if what if they hung out together, all three of them? That would be in his mind, the best of both worlds. Exactly. Then he wouldn't have to miss out on anybody. And right. uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and test you a little bit here. Do you remember who gives Jake that idea? Oh, um, yeah, the, the worm that lives inside of his violin. Yes, Shelby, who lives in Jake's viola. Viola, yes. Yeah, I thought I, I liked... Uh, I like Shelby a lot. <laughs> just a yes. little. Just Shelby a little is great. On. Yeah. So it was. Uh, so yeah. So he he decides he's got a he, he with Shelby's suggestion says let's hang out all three of us together, and so they do. And at first it's it's of course predictably awkward. No one knows what to say. You know, Jake uh, Finn and uh, Finn and Lady Rainicorn are just getting to know each other, and the added the added problem of. Finn not being able to understand Lady Rainicorn for a time is a, is extra is an extra burden. Um, and also, Jake yeah. is kind of forcing Finn to sit there and have a picnic or whatever. And literally, all that that Finn wants to do is go out and fight things. Yeah, yeah, it's really going against Finn's basic instincts there. Um, so the but to uh, I think Jake's surprise, but also at first his. I think his delight. They they do end up hanging out. They do end up liking each other, Finn and Finn and Lady Rainicorn. But it quickly becomes a problem because uh, Finn and Lady Rainicorn actually become really really close and like you know genuinely friends of their on their own right. I would say because they seem to like a lot of the same things, playing video games being one of those. Yes and. And unexpectedly, Jake finds himself jealous of the relationship between Finn and Lady Rainicorn. Exactly. So Lady Rainicorn kind of proves herself in Finn's eyes when she does sort of a helicopter spin and takes out a bunch of the evil lake knights. And from then on, it's really just a great relationship between Finn and Lady Rainicorn. And uh, Jake almost immediately starts to get jealous. And then mm -hmm. I really love the scene in the treehouse where uh, Lady Rainicorn and Finn are playing video games and Jake is like visibly and audibly pouting. Yes. Uh, and he does it, of course, in an incredibly cute way. Um, but neither Lady nor uh, Finn really seemed to care, and and when when they when Finn does notice, he just says, "Man, stop sighing! You're gonna mess up my game." Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's exact. So the jealousy, I, the, I liked. I like that we saw Jake get jealous because in our pre in a previous episode, we we saw Finn get jealous mm -hmm. of Ricardio, and Jake acted pretty. Uh, sensical at the time i mean he ended, it turns out that of course finn was right that ricardio was was an evil guy but 
but Jake, Jake was, was also per- right that Finn needed to learn how to deal with his jealousy. Yeah. Jake, Jake was level-headed about it. Uh, so now, now the now the uh, the jealousy has traveled to to Jake, and he has to learn how to figure out how to handle that himself. And uh, and I think uh, it reminded me. I I thought Finn was actually rather a adult for his own as as adult as Finn can be. Finn was like pretty. Uh, he wasn't taking Jake's crap in this episode because Jake was really just like he was being a whiny, whiny kid, and and Finn was saying like, "Look, man, you're being weird. Until you're not being weird, I'm just gonna go hang out with Lady Rainicorn, which is uh, which is the right thing to do. He shouldn't have. Uh, he, as a parent, I can say, you know, you can't give in to the ta- the tantrums. Yes, and and I I, I want to point out though that I think that uh, there's a couple things going on. So Jake in the previous episode was able to recognize and directly call out by name the, the jealousy that Finn was feeling. Uh, and Finn, of course, was completely unaware of it. It was this brand new feeling that he had no idea how to deal with. Yeah. I think it's different here because Jake seems to at least have felt jealousy before. Like he's not having this sort of mind-bending new feeling that Finn has when he experiences jealousy. That's true. You know, Jake gets sad and he pouts, but it's not like this earth-shattering, you know, paradigm shift in in how he feels. There's no, yeah, there's no hormonal explosion like Finn had. Right, And then I think that Finn responds very differently because he never tells Jake that he's being jealous. Uh, you know, he says, stop sighing, you know, you're moping around. And then yeah, he says, you're the being way weird. That, literally yes, says, exactly. You're being weird. Yeah, that's exactly right. J- Finn, this, Finn still doesn't know what jealousy is really because he just accuses Jake of being weird. And I think that that's mostly how Finn interprets emotions. Like anything besides gung ho, let's go on an adventure to Finn is weird. Whether yeah. that's I'm, you know, I'm jealous or I'm angry or uh, I just want to be left alone for a minute, Finn would just go, "Whatever, that's weird. I'm gonna go fight the cat and the shark." Yeah. So, uh, Jake, Jake is jealous, and uh, he's he's annoying his girlfriend. He's annoying his best friend. So those two decide that they're just gonna go off and hang out together at a at a party in the clouds, and leave Jake and say, you know, you can come join us when, when you want, but, but Jake, Jake goes into a darker, he goes into a bit of a tailspin and, and his jealousy turns uh, a bit vindictive. He decides, well, if he says, I know if you're going to make me jealous, I'll make, he decides I'll make Finn jealous. Exactly. If if, uh, Finn's going to make Jake jealous. And yes. uh, so he decides he goes through his cell phone to find the perfect person to hang out with. Who's Which the person? The, the, yeah. As he's reading the list of names in the cell phone, that kills me every time. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good list of names. I do not remember the list of names, but I do appreciate the gag. No, yeah, I can't remember the list of names either, but it's like, you know, Jerry, Johnny, Joey, like yeah. regular names. And then there's like, you know, Sneaky Pete, you know, the yeah. Flying Sandwich Brothers, I think is one or something like that. I think there was even like a Mikey J and a Mikey R, like, yeah. like two guys with the same name but the different last initial. That kind of, those are definitely in my cell phone too. There's like a John R and a John J, uh, and uh, we get to the end. We, well, he, he gets to finally he finds somebody who he says, "Ooh, this is the perfect person that's gonna just drive Finn nuts when when he sees Jake hanging out with this person." And I, I and, think uh, that he's trying to get at Lady Rainicorn too. Yeah, that's true. Like he does. You're right. He is. He's trying to get back at both of them. That's fair. Yeah, because he feels like both of them has have abandoned him. Right. So, uh, so he calls this this friend of his, and and the reason that I say that he's trying to get at Lady Rainicorn is because the first thing he does is insist that they sit together and play music, which we learned in the beginning of the episode is something that Jake and Lady Rainicorn do. So. Jake That's and right. um, have we have we learned the the new friend's name yet at this point? Uh, yeah, it's in the it's in the phone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I always this is what I do when I'm when I'm talking with you about these the show. 
I forget. What's the show? What's the person's name? So uh, Jake decides to call Tiffany, and Tiffany. he decides that Tiffany is the perfect person to get back at both uh, Finn and Lady Rainycorn. And uh, we find out why, because it turns out Tiffany is a person. I don't know if it's a human, but a person, a, a thing, we'll call it, uh, with with long, flowing, lovely hair who can play music with Jake, which immediately, uh, when Lady Rainicorn sees them, makes her very sad to see. Uh, but We only ter- see the back of Tiffany. We only see the back of Tiffany, but then there's a reveal. And Tiffany first, turns around. At first, Finn doesn't care. You know, if right. you want to sit around and play music with somebody, that's fine. You know, right. I'll right. be out adventuring, whatever. But he turns. But Tiffany turns around, and it turns out Tiffany is essentially a twelve-year-old boy, he as far as boy. I can tell. Boy. Yeah, is a boy, and now it's that just launches Finn into uh, into outer orbit. Absolutely. So all of a sudden it has become something that makes Finn jealous because if Jake has another bro, then that seriously uh, threatens their bro relationship. That's right. And And uh, so how does Finn respond? By fighting Tiffany. Finn responds as Finn does and immediately jumps 20 feet into the air and lands on Tiffany and proceeds to get into a nasty fist fight in which tiffany actually pulls a knife (laughs) (laughs) tiffany wants if i feel like without like there's a clearly a backstory to tiffany that isn't that's implied here like like tiffany's it seems like tiffany's goal in life is to replace finn in some way uh i feel that that's the intensity with 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 which uh tiffany is fighting at this point oh i agree and 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 tiffany even says at some point you know jake is my best friend now like he clearly has designs on replacing finn explicitly it's a it's a salieri mozart feud (laughs) that's been going on apparently between finn and and tiffany uh that we know nothing about but the uh but we can feel it and uh, I, I thought I love Tiffany. I thought that that was a great character. Yeah, does, Tiffany's great. Does uh, so quite? Does Tiffany come back at at some point? Do we ever meet him? Meet him again? Him? We her, will again? see Tiffany again. All right. Uh, excellent. I'm looking forward to that very much because uh, Tiffany and his knife fighting skills were uh, were <laughs> hilarious. Uh, the fight goes on, and Tiffany is eventually beaten. And sort of sent off to to lick his wounds in the woods. Yeah, he's vanquished, for lack yeah. of a better term. Finn goes yeah. ahead and vanquishes Tiffany. Yeah, but doesn't kill him. Just sends him on his way. Beats him up a bit. Uh, and, and in the meantime... Yeah. In the meantime, what was happening? Uh, so as uh, Finn was dealing with emotions the way that he knows how, through violence... Uh, Jake and Lady Rainicorn have a very calm adult conversation about, hey, babe, what's going on? Yeah. And uh, I think that's when Jake realizes exactly what is going on, and he yeah. uh, regrets the way that he handled his jealousy, and simply by talking it out and apologizing, he and Lady Rainicorn get back on good terms. Yeah. And, and Jake decides that the universal translator is something that maybe we could just get rid of. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he cannot stand it uh, when <laughs> Lady Rainicorn is talking to him like an old man. Yeah. Oh, sweetie, what's going on? I thought that <laughs> now every I remember time, why every I time Lady, that thing. Yeah, every time Lady Rainicorn talked, I was laughing because it was just great. <laughs> I I was uh, I was sad to see the the translator go away, um, but in the end, it does, and Lady Rainicorn is back to her sweet sounding. Uh, Korean voice and uh we are and we return to we return to a semblance of normal but Jake has learned a lesson in yes. je- in how to handle jealousy um yep. and also how to handle maybe balancing his uh his romantic and platonic friendships. Yeah, I think so. I think that Jake has learned that 
Finn and Lady Rainicorn can get along. He doesn't need to keep them separate, but yeah. he has also learned that if they like each other, that's okay. He doesn't need to feel jealous. And uh, one thing that I really liked about the end of the episode is that Jake kind of says to Finn, "Man, I, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry about the way that I was acting." And Finn says something like, "Out, oh, you know, don't talk about that stuff. I just want to hang out." Like Finn has no need for apologies. Finn I don't has think not that... grown at all in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that Finn understands that people have feelings. I don't think he even understands that he has feelings. So yeah. Once everything's fine, he's like, yeah, whatever. You don't need to apologize. Yeah, but it's not even you don't need to apologize. It's like, shut up. Stop talking about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one other one other thing I should note, and, and I thought this was hilarious, is as Finn is Finn's diving onto Tiffany to uh, fight for Jake's hunter, and he yells, home wrecker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a... Uh... This I thought this was a great episode. I uh, really enjoyed really enjoyed the whole thing. A lot of every almost every bit was was landed right for me. So I, I thought this was a really home run of an episode. Yeah, and, I'm uh, with you. I'm even, with you. I go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say even though, and maybe because of maybe maybe I'm learning something about what I like about the show. Uh, even though there was not a major adventure to be had uh there was uh it was i just thought it was a great episode yeah so no adventure but i still think that um we learned a lot about several characters and um even though it you know for a cartoon it might actually have been a little boring there's a lot of talking and feelings yeah. uh but you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, yeah, I also really like this episode. I, I love the idea of Jake getting a girlfriend and there's sort of being more to, well, we know there's more to the world than Finn and Jake, but also they have relationships with other people, which I think is important. Yeah. Yep. You're right. It's, it's building out They're they're, they're getting, uh, they're getting other relationships that they're developing, which then builds the world. Just as you just as you predicted would happen when you sold this show to me, so the it's prophecies. Like I, it's like I've watched every episode twenty two times. That's right. The prophecy is coming true. Uh, it's happening, everybody. Um, and I think that's a good segue because we can start talking about the next episode. And I I found myself realizing that when the next when I watched the next episode, I I recognized a good chunk of those characters that fly by in the intro. They've, uh, they've done a good job of building out the world for me that I'm, I'm now recognizing those. The one that stuck out for me this time, of course, was Lady Rainicorn. Mm-hmm. I knew, I saw that she is, uh, she is whom upon Princess Bubblegum is riding in, yep. the, in the intro. Yeah, so, so we are, we're learning more and more characters, and you will recognize more and more of them as we, as we keep going, I promise. Fantastic. I will look forward to that. And so since we're already into the intro of the next episode, why don't we keep going? Uh, what was uh, what was the title of this next episode, Pat? So episode 10 is called Memories of Boom Boom Mountain. Memories of Boom Boom Mountain. That, uh, that title was... That one took a left turn for me. I did not <laughs> did not know where we were going with that. It was not what I expected. This we'll episode, it, I think, is just kind of full of left turns. Nothing... Yeah quite ever follows from what happened before yep i agree i thought uh so let's get into just you know the basics here um essentially what we have in this episode is uh is finn and jake uh are on a mountainside at a mountainside retreat home to uh kind of like viking like marauders who are who love to just roughhouse all day basically it's perfect for finn because he just gets to practice his fighting skills all day long. And it seems like these guys are sort of cut from the same cloth, that these are adult versions of Finn. Yeah, just... it's, it's um, the first thing we see the Marauders doing is getting mugs full of, of uh, squid ink, and the whole kind of roughhouse is set up like a bar, and it just seems like a very cheerful bar brawl where yep. you can fight with people and wrestle and and have fun and there's never any hard feelings at the end you know you might yeah. kick somebody in the teeth but at the end we were just having a rough house and so you know no yeah. hard feelings right 
and uh, what we end up, what what happens in the middle of the uh, in the middle of this fun fun roughhouse is that Jake's, uh, sorry, Finn's ears pick up. I wonder how long it'll take me before I am actually able to identify those two by name correctly. It's um, tough. Finn hears the sounds of someone in need, in trouble. And I hadn't realized this before, or I hadn't noticed it, but it seems to be a superpower of Finn's. That's something innate within him that he can hear suffering or people yeah. crying for help um, from far away. It's, it's like he's got a sixth sense for it. Interesting. I, I always just kind of went with it and just figured it was sort of a plot device that, you know, Finn it, would it know if it was is. out there. But uh, that's, that's interesting, actually. I, well, you, you know, I do think that Finn probably spends a lot of time very tuned in and trying to see uh, if he can hear anyone who needs help. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if, that, if that's well, some kind of superpower. Well, and we do learn a bit of, if we're going to give Finn an origin story, uh, that we kind of get an origin story for Finn here, or at least for some of his motivations in this episode. Yeah, we do uh, a we'll, deep dive into Finn on this one. Yeah, so we'll get there. But, but the basics are Finn is now hearing the sounds of someone in trouble who's, who's just, he's having, someone is in pain or in trouble. And, and Finn says, I've got to go help them. And it's his, it's his moral imperative. It's his, his, it's his, his imperative that he's got to go and help this person no matter what. And, uh, and they find, so he and Jake, he convinces Jake to go with him and leave the rough house. And they find, they go and they search, they search high on the mountainside where the sound is coming from. And it turns out it's not coming from somewhere on the mountainside. It's actually coming from the mountain itself. Yes, we have a weeping mountain on our hands. Yeah, a mountain who cries boulders. And uh, the mountain is crying because he has been forced day in and day out to watch these marauders roughhouse. And it I, I, it just makes him sad. Is that all that it is? It sort of affects his delicate sensibility? Yeah, he seems to have, uh, well, as Jake points out later on, he's got a lot of issues. But yeah. Um, the, yeah, the rough house just seems to really upset him because he's worried that someone's going to get hurt. I think he right. just is generally very delicate and doesn't like violence. Right. And so he tells Finn, you know, you've got, I, I can't take it anymore. I hate this, essentially. And Finn decides, I'm going to help him. I'm going to help try to fix his problem, which Jake immediately identifies. You're right. Jake identifies, like, this guy has some pretty intense problems, and getting involved in his psychoses might not be the best thing to do at this point. Yes. Uh, but Jake, but Finn says to uh, Finn says to Jake, I'm not sure if it's at this point, but pretty soon after this, Finn explains, no, I've got to help him. And, and here's the reason why. And is that, do we get there pretty quick? Is this where we, we get the story? Yeah, I think so. It, it may be. So, so first, I think Finn tries to um, solve the problem. You know, So yeah. the mountain is insisting that he just can't bear to watch this roughhouse go on any longer. And uh, he's going to keep crying, and, and Finn is bound and determined to make it so this mountain doesn't have to cry. And so his first solution, <laughs> after the marauders refuse to stop roughhousing, because this is a roughhouse after all, right. uh, he decides that he will cushion the blows that the marauders are giving to one another by strapping various live animals to their appendages. Yeah, various soft animals, and like ducks or pigs. So that anytime a punch is landed, uh, it's cushioned by <laughs> squawking ducks or a squeaky pig, so no no one gets hurt. So it right, and, and the marauders are into it too. Yeah, they actually think it's fine. They're like, sure, we still get to punch. Uh, now there's the added bonus of these cool sounds, essentially, that happen when we punch. Uh, so they're cool with it, and it does. It makes the mountain very happy. He says, "Look, the mountain's like, yeah, you're right. No one's getting hurt." So it, uh, it, it, it solves the problem. Uh, or so we think. So yes. Finn, yes. of course, triumphant, climbs back up to the mountain and uh, says, look, everything's taken care of. 
the their roughhousing maybe sure but no one is getting hurt look down there and see how great it is but the mountain is not happy yes the mountain does actually does not like it because now now the marauders are just punching animals essentially uh and and he does not he says now these helpless animals are getting hurt so that's that's actually even possibly even worse than before Right, we've got two sets of beings who are uh, inflict- or inflicting pain or having pain inflicted upon them. So the mountain says, this isn't going to cut it. So Finn goes back down and uh, implements a, a new solution. He kind of happens upon it. Right. Is this... Uh... Yeah, he happens upon it. Now I remember. Yeah, oh, I love this part. Now, <laughs> Thank you. Good, good. Yes. So he is trying to get the attention of a marauder who is mid roughhouse and simply tries to pat him on the shoulder trying to get it saying hey hey can we talk and which to a marauder is kind of a serious offense i think yeah it's at least surprising he's in and the middle yeah. of a roughhouse yeah and to pat one pat a marauder on the shoulder mid roughhouse startles him and and immediately interrupts the rough house and he turns to Finn, what are you doing? And turns and, but then it quickly shifts between where the marauder essentially likes it. He likes being petted. And he says, what are you doing trying to pet me? And then, uh, I don't know if Finn pets him again or, or what, but it turns out, Hey, you know, being petted is pretty cool. Right. So he, so then one marauder pets another and then the, Second Marauder pets back. So now we're, and then they begin like roughhouse petting. Essentially. It, it kind of spreads like a virus through the, yeah. through the roughhouse. And yeah. uh, each of them is startled at first, but then they realize, well, yeah, man, petting is, is great. We can, we can just go on petting each other. Yeah. And so this solution, which Finn is going to take credit for, actually pleases the mountain. The, the mountain actually likes this solution because this is not violent and and the mountain is very happy that now only petting is happening. So Finn thinks problem solved at this point. Absolutely. No one's getting hurt. The mountain is happy. And so let's go back down and give a high five to the marauders. That's right. But there's a problem with the marauders now. The marauders have sores all over their body they have pet each other raw which is a it's a hilarious i think they even say that out loud it is it's a hilarious phrase if if they didn't say it they should have said it but the the sight of it is is funny enough yeah um, they they just they they can't stop petting to the point where they're yeah. like rubbing sores onto, onto each, each other. other right yeah <laughs> and uh, and so the Marauders kind of come to Finn and say, we can't continue this. <laughs> this petting has to end. Yeah. So uh, Look, look, punching each other in the face is one thing, but this right. petting is really, really Gen- harmful to us. Repetitive, <laughs> gentle petting. Can't, we cannot tolerate it. Uh, so... Uh, is it this maybe even a little earlier in the episode, but like I think maybe you can kind of hear what what's happening. We've got a it's a Looney Tunes style gag, kind of like the uh, the old exterminator gag, where you get a cat to you get a cat to take care of a mouse, but then what are you going to do about the cat? So you get a dog to take care of the cat, and it escalates. If you give a mouse a cookie, that's right. Sure. Uh, that's the problem that we can see building here. Finn Adventure is... Time, number one references podcast of 2017. Yep. Put it on the board. <laughs> we, uh, uh, Finn is, Finn is trying to put out one fire after another, and each time it results in a new problem that he has to then solve. Right. So He's, at this point, he's sort of caught between this mountain, yeah. which can't see roughhousing and the marauders which once they realize they're going to pet each other raw just put their foot down and say that's it we're going to keep roughhousing so finn has to there's no way to please everyone in this situation that's right you can't please everybody and that's 
that's going to be one of the lessons we have to learn in this episode. You can't please everybody. Um, but he has not learned that yet. And so and, I, I think, I think you know, Jake, after realizing that the mountain is, you know, probably has some issues. Uh, yeah. And if nothing else, I think <laughs> this mountain is extremely selfish. Right. Um, at one point, I, I remember uh, Finn says to the mountain, well, it's, it's not fair for you to ask them to stop roughhousing. And the mountain says, well, their roughhousing is not fair to me. Yeah. Um, he can only, <laughs> the only way that, that he sees the world is that, and, and to be fair, he's a mountain. He can't really look anywhere else, but he thinks it's very unfair to him that these marauders are roughhousing at his base. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an untenable situation where Finn, Finn is, it seems like he's driving himself crazy trying to solve all the problems. Exactly. And, and we find out why pretty quickly after this. Yeah. I think Jake questions why he's so intent on solving these problems or someone someone prompts him. Yeah, and, so I think Jake yeah. is kind of like, look, man, you know, why are you trying to solve this mountain's problem? It, it, it seems fairly insoluble at this point. You know, he's, yep. he's, he's never going to look away. The marauders are never going to stop fighting. And you know what? The mountain's being a little ridiculous. So why exactly is it, Finn, that you feel like you need to mm. go out of your way and have an adventure just to make the mountain happy? Yep. And Finn tells a moving tale. Uh, <laughs> he tells the tale of Finn the baby, who was out in the woods, somewhere maybe even near this mountain, but but in the woods... And apparently completely alone. Apparently, yes. Completely alone. He's an, he's an adventuring baby. And uh, he has to make Boom Boom. <laughs> uh, which where this is, that was, I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't expecting that from the title. But that's where we get the title. Uh, we are, he has to make Boom Boom and he does, but then slips and falls backwards into the boom boom and gets stuck in it. And, and like, I think it's important to note here, I really like the sort of artistic way that they uh, go about. Well, so they censor uh, Baby Finn's bottom as he's going boom boom. And then for most of the rest of the episode, anytime anybody says boom boom, you see these sort of comic book bubbles uh, that say boom boom. And they sort of pop onto the screen like fireworks. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so we learn that Finn then was lying there helpless, feeling alone and helpless, and he couldn't help himself. And it was at that time, he says, that he vowed, which I thought, that's great, a baby vowed, that he would never let anyone else feel that way again if he could help it yes so this is a vow made by a baby and being upheld with the utmost fidelity by a 12 year old yes and so you know we, if we talk about finn's you know if we're going to talk about a, a superpower that finn has to hear uh to hear when someone is in need this was the origin story of that superpower absolutely uh, yeah so uh the tale that Finn tells moves the marauders to tears. <laughs> the story of a baby falling into its own poop moves these giants, giant fighters to tears. And, uh, and Jake. And uh, everyone, everyone is moved by this story and now greatly respects Finn and his dedication to his vow. Yeah, I think once they understand that, uh, you know... Finn isn't just trying to help this selfish mountain, but there's actually a very yeah. heartfelt reason behind it where I think Finn feels like he has to help this mountain. And once they understand that, they kind of get on board. Right. And we should know, you know, it's, it's, that's, this is totally, it's totally ridiculous now that we, we've been talking about this mountain having some severe, serious issues all episode long. 
this is a serious issue that Finn has. <laughs> Absolutely. Be, so I this is not something to be respected. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that I wrote down for this episode is just deep psychological issues. <laughs> right. And yeah. and so I think you know it's it. While it while it serves as something of an origin story, it also basically uh, shows us what Finn would probably talk about with his therapist if he ever managed yeah. to go to one. Yeah, this is childhood trauma, and exactly. this, is un, this is unresolved childhood trauma. And so and, Finn is more or less, you know, living with PTSD for the rest of his life. Where and Jake is enabling him. If there's yeah. the slightest problem. Finn has to go solve it because no one helped him when he unfortunately was laying in his boom boom. That's right. Uh, so quickly going through the remainder of the episode, because I think uh, I think we can get there quickly. Uh, wow, pulling out some highlights. The the rest of the episode is Finn desperately trying to solve this problem. But like we said earlier, every problem he solves results in a new problem. And uh, and this escalates to involve new characters and new new problems where um, it goes beyond the one mountain and the marauders, where, for instance, one of the initial solutions for the problem is, hey, let's turn the mountain around, right? And which which seemed to everybody like a totally possible thing to do. So yeah, Finn, I think says, well, I just need to set up some pulleys. Yeah, and the mountains on board too. Um, however, that's immediately shut down because there is a different mountain behind the first mountain who does not want to allow this because that mountain enjoys looking at the first mountain's back all she, day. She seems really to be in love with his beautiful back. Yeah. So now you've got, so we've added a new, a new, uh, player that Finn must, uh, must help. And, right. uh, and it just, it, it keeps going like that longer and longer and uh, we meet crazier and crazier characters with crazier and crazier needs. Yeah, at uh, a certain point, I think it stops kind of being cause and effect. It's just all of these people are sh- or characters are showing up with their problems. Like there's yeah. mushrooms who need music so that they can dance, and there's some weird little green guy who needs to be pollinated. There's <laughs> there's, there's an ice cube that needs his water to be the, yeah the water the, the water is is too cold for the ice cube. And then there's I for some reason I just really like the fact that there are three sort of baby fish in a pond, and then a gigantic rotting dead fish up above them. Yeah, but but the baby fish aren't upset that their mom is a rotting corpse. They're merely upset that the flies are getting on her. Yeah, and uh, and it, it 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 escalates and escalates until it drives Finn mad, and he can't. He just he has to close out his mind and just scream and say, "Stop it, everybody! I can't, I can't do this. I can't help everybody." Uh, we hit we hit rock bottom, I suppose, if we're gonna say it. Um, and we hit his breaking point. And at that point, Jake tries to counsel him again by saying, you know, this might be the time to learn a lesson that you simply can't help everybody. But, uh, and, and I thought that that's where the episode would go. We've had a lot of lessons learned in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, but we we didn't quite get there. Um, Finn Finn decides that uh, I think he he gets incredibly close to admitting that that's that's maybe the best thing for him, but then at the last moment, either has a like a a, a eureka moment or some sort of uh, some something sort of that. All of a sudden, he's figured out how to solve everybody's yeah, problem. Yeah, he basically resolves that all of these creatures and characters who have come to him and said, I need help, even if it's for something as silly as, we don't have enough music to dance, I'm going to help each of them. And so he concocts this Rube Goldberg machine of assistance that he uh, triggers and winds right. up solving everyone's problem now. I'm not sure how long term of a solution it is. You know, I don't know if the dragon is going to keep vaporizing the ice cubes pool. So yeah. uh, with such force that it creates steam so that the mountain can no longer see through it and the, and the marauders can go about roughhousing. But in any case, uh, the little goober gets pollinated. The 
mushrooms get their music. There's some crazy naked guy who gets a hat, I think. Yeah, a hat made out of steam, I think. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) Or a cloud, yeah. But anyway, everybody's problems are solved. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's where we end, essentially. We, We have all of these problems solved. Finn feels fulfilled. He has solved everyone's problems. And, uh, and then we kind of, we reach the end of the episode. There's, I don't know, there's no, I wish that we could say there was a lesson learned, but I feel like there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. We were, we were leading up to a lesson the whole episode, but then Finn's just like, no, I'm I'm not going to learn my lesson here. I'm just going to go ahead and literally solve everyone's problems. So I have to say that, uh, I completely identified with Finn's problem in this episode. Oh. Um overall I I it's not one of my favorite episodes, but um it, it's it's a thing man that that is with me all the time is I could be doing more. Um you know, and it it's something that uh the the buzzword at least among um people who are doing, you know, my type of work where we're dealing with very difficult situations all day is self-care. And I am very bad at self-care. I always feel like self-care is just an excuse for me not to be helping someone else. So that's kind of my own personal issue that I'm working through. And man, when when Finn feels like I have to help everyone, you know, I, I can't stop this. The, these are problems and they need to be fixed. I completely identified with that. Now, my origin story is probably more complicated and less fun than Finn's, but man, did I ever identify with, with his issue in this episode. Well, that's, 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 uh, that's profound of you to realize self-realization is a first step to, is a good step in self-care, I would say. So don't, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, making a podcast with my best friend is one of the best ways that I found to do self-care because then I also get to feel like I'm making something. Well, Hey, that's something. That's a tip to all you kids out there, right? Yeah, uh, just be, you, be creative. I yeah, think that makes, being creative is the best self-care. If you can make something, put something unique into the world. I like that a lot. I like that a lot indeed. Uh, well, I would say, as we always do, maybe it's time to, uh, maybe it's time to just kind of give an assessment, my, my statement on where I think I am on on becoming a fan of Adventure Time. Yeah, before before you do, I want to add kind of a new little feature here. Uh, okay. I, I want to talk about the new characters that we met. Okay. So there are three that I count that are important characters. Oh, okay. Um, there's Lady Rainicorn. Yep. Uh, there's Tiffany. She okay. plays a large role. And then just because I really like him, or I suppose her, uh, is Shelby. Shelby pops out of Jake's viola, and uh, I'm I, I just love Shelby. So I guess uh, what I want to know from you is your impressions of these characters, and if you have any predictions for how they might show up later on. Oh, uh, so I like. I think I've already said I like. Uh, I think my favorite of the three is Tiffany. Tiffany is a psycho with a knife and something to prove. And I think that that's going to yield some pretty funny, uh, pretty funny moments later on. Uh, I like Lady Rainicorn. Um, she seems pretty calm, though. And uh, and maybe you know I've seen her uh, in the intro somehow linked to Princess Bubblegum. So maybe we'll see them together later. But maybe that's just a, a function of the intro too. Um, so I'll say I'll say I like Tiffany the best. Yeah. I like Sh- I like Shelby when I saw him her. Um, not enough to remember her name, but I know there was a gag. I know there was a joke that I liked that t- that's that uh, Shelby delivered. That uh, that I'll, I'll look forward to seeing Shelby in the future. Yeah, we will see Shelby in the future. I don't think I'll spoil anything by selling by by uh, by giving that away. Um, I I really like the way that Shelby is just so. Another thing that I appreciate about the show is that. As the world expands, the characters kind of drop in with no explanation whatsoever. Uh, it's not like, oh, hey, everybody, my girlfriend Lady Rainicorn is coming over, and she's been away for two days because she was seeing her parents. Uh, it's just, oh, well, Jake has a girlfriend. Her name is Lady Rainicorn. He goes to see her every day at 4 o'clock. Um, 
Right. I really like how Shelby just pops up, gets a name, says something wise, and then pops back into the viola, and that's it. Yeah. That's all we see of Shelby. Yeah. Uh, well, let's hope we. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing them again. I. That's good to know that we're gonna. That I, I appreciate knowing who we're gonna see later. That's helpful. It's helpful for me. It gives me a little something to look forward to. Yeah, um, and and I'm I'm with you on thinking that Tiffany definitely has the uh, the most potential to to I'll say the most potential to generate plot going forward. Yep. Nothing All like right. A, well, I guess like this is now the uh, the end of the show where we check in and and uh, see yeah. where you are on the spectrum from. God damn it! I can't believe I have to watch another two episodes this week. To man, I'm gonna go watch them right now. All right. Uh, so I would say if 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 all the episodes were like the Lady Rainicorn episode, I would be much. I would be. I'd be on board with the show real quick. Awesome. Um, I thought that was a great episode. I'd watch that again. And uh, I'm with you. Hope you see, hope to see more of that. The uh, the other episode. Uh, the other episode didn't move me very much. It was a. It was one of the it was one of the one of the absurd episodes, the absurdist episodes that uh for some reason doesn't land with me as well. Mm-hmm. And uh maybe it would land with, with the, the the intended audience of, you know, twelve year olds. And uh it's just not it's not for me at this well, point. Well let me ask you this. Were you a uh, a Homestar Runner fan? Oh sure. Uh yeah. I don't know that I was as much as others, but yeah, yeah I so can appreciate the Homestar Runner. Bit. Some of the humor in, in Adventure Time where it's just this sort of bizarre absurdist humor where what's funny is that nothing really seems to make sense uh yeah i think that that owes a lot to homestar runner homestar runner for me at least back in college was the first uh and maybe conan homestar runner and conan i think were the first who were just like this is weird and it doesn't make sense and it's also hilarious yeah and uh, I appreciate some of the absurd humor uh, that happens in Adventure Time, like the way that they just assume that roughhouses are a thing, and we're, you know it's never explained. Like these marauders, you know, landed on this shore four hundred years ago, and their forefathers started the roughhouse. It's just, oh, here are roughhouses, here here are marauders that are roughhousing, and that's just what they do. Yeah, um, and it being such a weird, like violent thing that they're also totally cool with to me is just sort of that weird sort of random uh absurdist humor that that i really enjoy but i see where it's certainly um it's a it requires a very certain type of sense of humor to really enjoy it i think i like it most when i i do so i enjoy a commitment to a bit as much as the next guy i think that i think i need I think what I can't get into as much are the quick fire random absurdities. I really, the parts of, if I'm going to use the Homestar Runner analogy as well, I liked when a certain character would just double down on his own absurdities. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I find that really funny when like, when someone just like adheres to like, no, this is my reality, and, and no matter how weird it is, I'm going to keep diving deeper and deeper into it. Sure. So I can appreciate that kind of stuff. I think it's the quick fire. Um, here's a new character. Here's a new character. Here's a new character. They're all crazy. Um, that I don't know. Just didn't land with me in that second. Yeah. Episode. So so you prefer Simpsons to Family Guy? Yeah. True. I liked in this. So in, I give the example. I liked the Marauders doubled down on being on like the petting. I thought that was a great bit. You know, like we fight, we roughhouse, but now we're petting, but we're still going to roughhouse and we're going to roughhouse and we're going to pet each other raw. Yeah. It's like we do everything as hard as we can. Yeah. I thought, I think those are funny bits. So, but, uh, but not all of that episode landed for me. So I'll say that that episode didn't move me, uh, as much, much further towards fandom. Um, I've yet to have an episode move me away from fandom well that's good i've all they've only been neutral or good at this point i think i haven't had one that i didn't like um it took a while though the first episode in the in the whole uh, the pilot i would say didn't do much for me it was it was a tough one but but now that i'm into it 
Uh, I feel the momentum, I've, especially from the Lady Raina corn episode. I feel it's. I feel like if I could get a couple more of those under my belt, then I'd be in the uh, in the zone of like really wanting to watch these uh, on a on a non required basis. Fantastic. So actually, I want to put a pin in that. I I, I okay. want to come back and examine the the way that your perception of the show has changed since you sat down to watch the first episode, as well as how you think the show has changed since that first episode. We're about to run out of time here, so uh, we'll discuss that in in coming episodes. Um, Before we go, I need to say a big thank you to my friend Will Yates for our intro and outro music. He's a fantastic musician out of Detroit slash Washington, D.C. You can go get his album on Spotify. You can find him on Bandcamp. Do it because Will's awesome, and the album that that track is from is a uh, sort of an electronic deconstruction of pop music that I can't recommend highly enough. So thank you to Will. Thank you, Will. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been Podventure Time, and until next time, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. All right, we'll see you next time. Homewrecker. Homewrecker.